0: Welcome to another edition of Anglican Unscripted, episode 580. I'm Kevin Coulson.
1: I'm George Conger.
2: I'm Gavin Ashlandon. It's the 3rd of March in the year 2020.
0: Welcome to another program of Anglican Unscripted, the twice a week program where we sit down and we talk about the news around Christendom and the Anglican Communion and some Roman Catholic stuff we throw in just for fun. And we get to sit down and talk to you, the the viewer. And it's cool because you guys, as soon as we say something that you like, don't like or agree with, run to the comment section and add your opinions and we like that a lot. One of the best parts of the show is what happens in the comments after the show and we really sit down and read those and respond when we can and uh, laugh at the fun ones and uh, uh, click the like button for the ones we really like and we appreciate your time that you spend with that. If you are a viewer and you want to keep this show popular, click the like button on Facebook and YouTube. It helps the algorithms at these major search uh, tanks know that this show is something they need to pay attention to and to populate in search results and it's helped us a lot. Please if you don't want to just see our faces on camera you can listen to us via podcast. You go to the show notes on youtube you're going to see there's a link to the podcast. You click that you subscribe and you can listen to us on your car radio or you know or on your Alexa or anything else you have that you want to listen to us. iPhone there's so many different ways you can listen to us. We appreciate that. If you have not subscribed yet to the show now's your chance. There's a little red rectangle on your screen there at the uh, Anglican TV YouTube channel. You click that and then you click the little bell next to it and boom you are subscribed to the channel. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I've I've heard people have some trouble with it. I hope you don't. Uh, If you do have trouble I have a link in the show notes to how to uh, To solve it, there's a little YouTube video somebody put together and they figured out how to get it working. On to the show. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to start off in Africa. We're going over to Uganda where we have a new primate of the uh, Ugandan uh, Anglican Church. And um, this is politics and politics and politics at a government, church, and provincial level. I thought we could talk about it. Give us a quick update on this, George.
1: Well, Stephen Kazimba was, was installed as the ninth Archbishop of Uganda on Sunday. And there was a lot of political backstate door maneuvers before this installation. As many of our viewers know, Uganda has been in the forefront in the battle with the Archbishop of Canterbury. They have not going to the Lambeth Conference. They have stopped attending uh, inter-Anglican gatherings. They've essentially broken with Canterbury over Justin Welby's uh, decision not to take action on aberrations of doctrine and discipline in England and in America and Canada and other places. Well, last week Stanley Ndegali, the outgoing archbishop, gives his final sermon. And it's a stemwinder, and he talks about Uganda will never be bought by the West. We're not going to impose the gay agenda etc etc that is a foreign to us Christian Africans now the immediate response in some circles well from especially the left was well this is just the old homophobic Africans saying the same old thing well no it's not uh, ask yourself who was Archbishop and final audience he gives hundreds of sermons he gives lots of talks but here's something put out in the media And what he's doing is he's basically drawing a line in the sand for his successor, which is don't take foreign money and sell out the church and go along to get along. Now, why would he be saying that? Well, Foley Beach was invited by the Church of Uganda to be the preacher at the installation of the new archbishop and the Ugandan government also extended an invitation to the Archbishop of Canterbury to attend and the Ugandan government was pushing reconciliation with Justin Welby and Foley Beach uh, and they had had a technical out because normally Justin Welby would step in and lead the show if he were there the Constitution requires the Dean of the province to preside at the service Foley Beach attended the pre-installation retreat with the new archbishop and he preached the sermon and Justin Welby was invited to stand and give a few remarks, which were, we should stick together no matter what, we should make unity the key. Now, meanwhile, in the background, uh, checks are being written, offers are being made to try to break the United Anglican Bishops front in Uganda to get them to come over to the Welby side money from New York uh, things of big you uh, you know little statements from the government saying well you know half of our state budget comes from foreign remittances we have to keep in good graces with the British government and the British foreign office has been pushing the gay agenda just as the home office in England is pro-Islam the foreign office abroad in England is pro-gay and they have been pushing and making conditional uh, aid for those people who will toe the line on sensibilities on homosexuality. And so we've got not only the pageantry of installation, we have the spiritual warfare of competing interests uh, trying to take under its control the Anglican Church in Uganda.
0: Money is power. We found that in foreign policy here in America under the Obama administration. Obama told African nations listen if you want our foreign money you're gonna have to make uh, crimes against homosexuals illegal. You're gonna have to make sure that there's some protections for uh, people who suffer same-sex attraction so that they're not being murdered, they're not being thrown in prison, Uh, and that foreign money had some influence in some uh, countries certainly South Africa and, and other places and I think You know the Church of England and the Foreign Office have- have, whoa wait you were able to buy influence? Well we can do that. We have some money we are Trinity Wall Street. We're going to go over to Africa and we're going to lay down the same type of rules.
1: Yeah and we see it we see it in the like the USPG, one of the traditional missionary societies is, uh, is an agent for the left in Africa and if you're not going to toe the line on homosexuality you're not going to get offered the sabbatical term at a British theological college you're not going to get the support that uh, your grandfather may have had when the missionaries were sent out there so um it's just an insidious uh level of uh you know we what is basically telling the Africans is that we don't really care about your souls what we care about is building a political a coalition where we're still top dog. You, you do what we say.
0: Don't, I, I, I see that all the time and I see you know the influence. Just, just think what in one decade what's happened with the the gay agenda going from we just want you to recognize us. We just want you to love us and treat us a, as equals to the point now where we don't tolerate you. We don't tolerate that anybody who uh, does not agree with our rainbow flag agenda. And we if you don't agree with us you have no voice and we're not going to listen to you. You see that Gavin?
1: Yes
2: Kevin I was very struck by an interview I saw with a man who had I've forgotten his name um, but he uh, he'd written a book called From Queer to Christ and uh, he talked about his own journey. He was a son of a Southern Baptist minister um, and had found himself in the in the gay subculture in a way that that caused him a lot of emotional and he would say spiritual damage but he said something that that, uh, I hadn't seen before it's um it's 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 completely obvious and everyone will say well of course um but but he said one of the reasons he was speaking out on behalf of his newfound christianity uh in a situation where he had um brought his sexual longings into his discipleship so um, you know his his sexual orientation and his sexual desires no longer define him but he was saying the church must realize that the ultimate aim of the LGBT agenda is to completely silence Christian criticism to utterly stop the voices of Christians and the church and uh, I suddenly went gosh yes of course that's of, of course that's what's happening um i hadn't really put it into into perspective before and then it it, it made me think of the difference i think between the whole lgbtq plus philosophy and spirituality the, the tone of what it stands for and and regular heterosexual adultery <laughs> of which there's a great deal um and so in the last 100 years what we've had is 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 heterosexuals say we'd like to give broader reign to our longings please and and the the church made it difficult for them initially by making divorce difficult and by uh, bringing moral opprobrium to bear on people who either divorced or who then lived outside marriage. Um, uh, I I remember my grandmother at one point when I was a a teenager uh, looking at my father who was about to get married again and me as a student and lamenting saying I do wish my son and my grandchild uh, would would marry the women they're living with with great, great disapproval now so in one generation as you say no grandmother would say that now um, uh, and maybe not even think it uh, I mean she wasn't she, she was an atheist too um, and so but the heterosexual uh, longing for autonomy just got cross with the church I and mean, simply said, get off our back, we don't care about your disapproval and slowly but surely the climate changed and people got to do what they want irrespective of the disapproval of the church. And you had, I suppose, a, a truly mixed ethical economy uh, and brave voices in the church said, we still believe in marriage, we still believe in the sanctity of the body, we still believe that sexual desire can become a metaphysical and a spiritual expression of our humanity rather than just a pleasure-seeking mechanism. And we're going to hold out for that. But they became smaller and smaller. The real change was when the the, the thrust for sexual independence hit the LGBT community. Because ro- instead of just saying, like, the heterosexuals, we'd like to be free to do what we want, please, get off our back, uh, they have become very angry and... Uh, and determined to silence the Christian voice completely and so what are the characteristics of a, of a movement that does this well uh, surprise surprise their pride <laughs> gay pride really does mean gay pride mm-hmm. and a refusal to be rebuked or to be held to moral account um, the, the straight community said we we don't want to be held to moral account so just you know be quiet and leave us alone but the gay community has said we refuse to be and we're going to shut you up and we're not going to stop until you're completely silenced now, I, I think the reason this matters is is not because it, uh, it it made a pattern in my head slightly clearer, but I think what it ought to do is to allow conservative Christians who want to be biblical and traditional in their approach to say to the the, the, the liberal Christian community, "Your look, your your desire to be tolerant and kind and accepting and and to embrace diversity and to to." Um, Affirm the wounded. Um, all of which, at first sight, seem perfectly good uh, de- desires, are actually going to cause a great deal of difficulty. And if we look at the gospel reading for this for this um, week, we see in the confrontation between Jesus and, and Satan in the in the wilderness, two two of these um, issues. Brought brought to the fore. The first one is um, that, that Satan stands for the use of power, and he tries to seduce Jesus to use power to do what he wants to get. And at the moment, the Christian community is under the most enormous assault in the name of of the power to silence from the LGBT community. Community, um, and 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 the other thing that that we. See, Oh, it's gone out of my head. I hate it when that happens. Wait, 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 wait. Two things. Power, power and uh, power versus love and no, the other thing's gone. It'll have to come back. You better go to George what, before I stop.
0: <laughs> well, it, I I can't take LGBT uh, politics uh, to heart because they don't include the H. They don't include heterosexual in their uh, acronym. They don't want heterosexual. They don't uh, respect it. They don't uh, find it equal with theirs. They want to be identified by their lust. Heterosexuals generally don't want to be identified by their lust. That's the kind of a difference I see George.
1: Well uh, I would say by your fruits you shall be known. Uh, The fruits of this uh, movement have been the destruction of of institutions, the destruction of families, the destruction of culture. It's not solely responsible but it's all part of a general war against God's uh, ideal which is uh, our relationship with Him and fellowship where we've created idols, our sexuality, our money, our our pride instead of uh, instead of being faithful to him I I apologize for being preachy but there's nothing new under the sun Um, this has been a problem you can clothe it in different guises over different generations but it's the same sickness and it's the same illness which is uh, the temptation to be gods and that's what Adam and Eve the other reading from this weekend it's what Adam and Eve uh, fought against it's the temptation, you know, that Christ was offered. You know, subordinate yourself to me, and you shall be a god. But God is God, and that's what Jesus said. And when we see, we see the Gave. Well, I mean, it's such a dishonest movement, intellectually and morally. If, uh, let's put morals aside. Intellectually, it's dishonest. We saw a uh, push poll. A push poll is a phenomena where you create a poll that's written in such a way that it gives the answer. That you want. We saw a push poll put out uh, that basically says majority of Anglicans in England now have good feelings about gay marriage and then gay activists have jumped upon this saying see the polling numbers now say that we should switch church teaching because uh, 50% plus one now believe it but such a intellectually dishonest argument because it, it uses. Uh, there's no data. There's no rigor. There's no analyses. It's just uh, whoever can shout loudest, they're the person who, who has the truth. And these are otherwise normally intelligent people offering arguments that make me. So, like when I read this, in the, when I read this online, all I did is roll my eyes, not because I disagreed with the conclusion. But I could create a poll that can get people to believe to say anything they want. That's how pollsters work. That's how marketing works. And to say that this is truth is determined uh, by the big, by who shouts the big lie the loudest. I'm sorry. Well,
0: that's alright. Uh, Gavin, why aren't heterosexuals uh, valued by the LGTB community?
2: I think but that's a very wide question. Um, I I think that um...
1: Is it heterosexuals or is it Christians who aren't valued?
0: Well we could start with eight. I think first and foremost uh, heterosexuals because Gavin related the story last week where um, he was at a bus stop and talking to a female priest who had vengeance against male priests and was going to make sure that not only were there going to be female priests but her goal was the patriarchy would be over and lo and behold uh, women would always be in charge of the church. Here we have a subculture that uh, has come to power and influence over the last 10 years and desire not only to take on heterosexual uh, morality but to take on Christians as well.
1: May I, if, may I, I, I jump that, in just to sure was... Um, Gavin, you have shared with me an article about uh, militant Catholic feminists uh, who basically mm. have following this line that you've just shared. In other words, I'm slightly shifting it away, f- it focused more onto a topical news item of militant ca- feminist Catholic group have basically said, we want to be priests so that we can destroy the priesthood, we w- and which is akin to uh, gay activists saying, we want marriage so we can destroy marriage.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. that's true. The, the, sorry, George, have you finished? Yes, I'm. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, again, I'm. I'm still thinking. Th- I, I, I I released one of my my homilies um, on the street readings yesterday, so I'm. I'm still thinking it through, and I, I wish I could recall it and say, no, no, I should have been more subtle and more profound than I was. But i'm i'm thinking through still the implications of this this exploration of power that we saw in the gospel between satan and jesus and so i mean the other thing i was going to say apart from uh love versus power is is that satan was very concerned that the um uh the 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 means were more important than than the end he, he you know you just had to do it do it whatever way that worked if if throwing yourself off a tower works to get attention then, then do it if uh if, if, if doing miracles that catches people's imagination uh then, then 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 do it but you know get get the end done any way you can um, but i think that again i'm very struck by this uh what we call cultural marxism in the way in which it is uh it is predicated on power and what it wants to do is not only use power as the lens through which to see everything but then also having done that to reestablish all relationships in line with that power so george is right the um the the power play amongst the gay community is well we will take this stamp of moral approval called marriage we'll demand it as a matter of fairness but but then we'll discard it because it 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 actually doesn't mean anything marriage in in judeo-christian terms means a man and a woman coming together to share in the agency of creation with god so so, to to the exclusion of all others for life Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, so uh, it's nonsensical to, to take this and put it into a, uh, a homosexual or a, a polygus or polyamorous re- context. Um, but the the uh, this 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 very powerful new movement of cultural Marxism, which sees which which first of all desanctifies human beings by seeing us not as individuals but functionaries either of our sexual desire or of our group relationship both both of which are terrible diminutions of of human dignity I mean again it's extraordinary that Christian voices aren't being raised up saying the wonderful gift of of the first and second covenants is to see human being every human being is, is sacred and having having exactly the value you want to impute to them but because they're made in the image of God not because they they belong to the to the virtuous group whether the virtuous group is the group of nationalistic fascism, or or the a particular group in in, in cultural Marxism, and you'd you begin to think that the patterns were clear enough now for Christian theologians and Christian voices to say, um, we have something enormously distinctive that's very good for human beings. Human beings flourish by being. Uh, by having the dignity of being made in God's image, by being forgiven, by by having access to us, to spiritual resources for patience and kindness and, and gentleness and even in occasional miracles, you'd think this is such a wonderful thing that Christian voices would speak out into this desert of atheism and say our deal is so much better than your deal for human beings and yet um, they've been completely seduced a bit like <laughs> as Satan set out to do with Christ in the wilderness um, use your power to make yourself comfortable and that that seems to be the the the, you know that our generation has settled for that you want comfort you want pleasure take your power miraculous or straightforward and and use it for that
1: and we saw that in uganda this weekend conform to us do what we say and the spigot will open you'll have money you'll be part of an international well-recognized group you'll have uh you'll You'll matter in the world's eyes. Otherwise, you're just a bunch of ignorant people who who don't know any better. And so, there's a temptations <laughs> of Satan's are being offered uh, are being offered to the churches. Uh, it's the temptations. Uh, I know Gavin has experienced this in his life in the Church of England. I certainly have experienced this in my life in the Episcopal Church. You get up. You climb the greasy pole by going along to get along. If you take a, <laughs> if you take a stand. If you, you know, I'm, I basically have been become lucky because I'm in an island under siege, uh, in my parish, in my parochial life. But we're under siege, by, Episcopalians moving in from other places who are not, well, catechized, and they're sort of surprised that this is not the Episcopal Church I knew in New York or Connecticut. You take this stuff seriously. Were you once a Baptist? Uh, and we're under siege. Gavin's under siege. Kevin's under siege, because so, we won't well, go along to get along. We won't uh, take the prize that Satan is offering us.
0: I've never gone along to get along. I mean, yeah, you guys are different. You've you know been in the church has been a part of your career where my spiritual gift
2: no, is- No, 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 uh, not career. Not career. Never, 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 never career. Did
0: Absolutely I care? not. Said did. career. I did not say career. <laughs> the microphone heard career. Vocation. <laughs> Vocation. Vocation. Yeah, oh my gosh. I've offended people again. I, that's all I do. I no, wake no, up in the morning.
2: My career was what I gave up to be faithful to Jesus. That's exactly <laughs> the point. <laughs>
0: My spiritual gift is sardonic contrarianism uh, and so when I wake up in the morning I'm going to offend somebody some at some point. I just know it uh, because I always take uh, a contrarian viewer and contrarian view to what what I see in the news or what I hear and it just helps me think and solve problems uh, in my, in my context. In the IT world when you look at a problem you, you try to think differently to solve it, it works really well. Um, it, it's a, a solution-based uh, thought process.
1: Uh, so, from, I want to t- tell an anecdote which I think illustrates where I'm coming from this point. When I was a very young person, go, youngish person going through seminary uh, I was just finishing the road and uh, I sat down with a friend of my rector Bishop Fitzallison and i was in my late 20s early 30s and i came from a well-off well-educated certain slice of american life and fitz allison you know was talking to me about what were my ambitions in the clergy and he said are you willing to die for christ i said, "Oh, absolutely certainly yes of course and then he looked at me again and said are you willing for your children to be tacky for christ i said what do you mean well tacky is an american word meaning vulgar or declassé are you willing to serve and work among people unlike yourself for the glory of God or are you just looking for a uh, a comfortable niche where you can continue in your class and intellectual and social aspirations and it really hit me because you know it's easy for me to say I'm willing to give up my life but am I willing to give up what I was provided for as a child to my own children, and for better for ill, most of my, almost all of my ministry until this last church has been among the working poor, where my children, you know, were the only children, my wife was the only one with a graduate school education in most cases. and the temptation for me has been to have a comfortable career where I can provide for my children, send them to private schools and all this and that, in other words, give them all the accolades that my particular social uh, situation deemed necessary. And so for me, that was the temptation that I had to overcome. And now it turned out my children are wonderful that they didn't need to have mm-hmm. a debutante balls or things of that nature. But you know, God you know, think, you Satan know, know, Satan will attack you in these ways. And I think Gavin has a similar to- experience.
2: <laughs> well I, 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 I do I <laughs> but I think um, we have we live in microchism cosm what the rest of the church in the West is experiencing also because uh, certainly within my lifetime there was a degree of conventionality of going to church if you signed up to be a Christian you were joining a sort of moral force for moral good uh, you were seen as being a, a morally virtuous bourgeois to some extent. Indeed, in, in the areas I worked in, in the inner city, that was precisely the problem with Christianity, because it was it was restricted to the moral bourgeois, and the inner city people uh, knew very well that didn't include them. So the real job there was to reimagine Christianity as a revolutionary movement, so that the people at the bottom of the heap could, could see it as something for themselves, but revolutionary spiritually, not revolutionary politically or materialistically. But nonetheless, what's happened in our lifetime, and I think we shouldn't underestimate it, is that is that everybody who wants to belong to Jesus has now got to become a contrarian I think the three of us have found it comes naturally to us which is probably why we're doing this program and enjoy each other's company but but um, everybody now following Jesus has to be something of a contrarian because of the way in which society driven by ethical heterodoxy and political utopianism has become increasingly angry and antipathetic and vengeful against Jesus, against the gospel, against the Holy Spirit it's as if the spirit of the age says we will not be moralized, we will not repent and we'll take it out on anybody who wants to be a mouthpiece of of the moralizing of God or the call to repentance so in one sense uh, those of us who are listening um, we're all contrarians we're all having to sign up against the flow and the flow will become a bit more vigorous yet against us to the point where uh, well to the the point where the cost may be even higher than it is now
1: Gavin you shared I think at the start of the show uh, in our pre-show that uh... You're uh, going to Holland uh, this coming week, and what have you, what have you found already,
2: uh... <laughs> George? I've been so well behaved in the last few months. I haven't said very much. <laughs> I have, I've tried to, uh, I've tried to say, well, I'm a guest in a new church, um, and I must learn the ropes, and I must not express opinions that I have no right to yet, and I haven't, uh, I have done nothing to gain any respect. Um, apart from losing leaving behind a wreckage of Anglicanism which uh, only a person with common sense would do anyway but, but lean putting all that to one side I am uh, the people who've asked me to go and speak to them are a mixture of uh, Roman Catholic clergy and, uh, and, and mixed laity um, have been I think they've been, they've been told by the, by the local Dutch Roman Catholic bishops that the, the whole the, the whole thing is under scrutiny <laughs> <laughs> I appear to be I I appear to be going with some degree of no, no, notoriety and um I mean I'm just I'm just going to talk on on cultural Marxism and and the absolutely wondrous phenomena of Our Lady acting as John the Baptist to call people back to Jesus in these extraordinary apparitions. People in the people in the. Can I just say one thing? in, in Not in my defence, but just for <laughs> but Kevin's putting going. No, no, don't do this. Don't blow us out <laughs> no, of the <laughs> I,
0: I, I'm doing what the majority of our audience is doing.
2: Really, <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that that Um, that when it comes the apparitions of Our Lady I realize that for many people uh, this this will seem on the fringe of medieval superstition. Indeed I was sitting down with a wonderful Methodist Christian for dinner the other night who said uh, if this stuff was true why haven't I heard of it ever Uh, and uh, I was talking about this amazing photograph in uh, 1963 where the Archangel Gabriel places a host on a child's tongue uh, out of nowhere fo- fo- seen by hundreds of people and photographed by hundreds of people long before there were even computers let alone photoshopping But be that as it may, I just want to let people know that, that is not a matter of gullibility or, or uh, but but actually serious study and it's the difficulty about the, the, the lines, the denominational lines we've put between us is that I think Anglicans don't understand how wonderfully powerful Wesley was. They, they really don't know what, what a gift of renewal Wesley brought to the church. Otherwise we'd be much more respectful to Methodists for the inheritance they have. But but the same thing is true on, on the other side. So um, I'm going to speak about the apparitions and about the Eucharistic miracles. Um, and I was just astonished that I didn't know anything about them. However, the Dutch bishops, are not sleeping well in their beds, George. And <laughs> so I'll let you know what happens if I get excommunicated within within uh, only months of being communicated. I I, I hope to make it um, through the first few months. <laughs>
0: Excommunication scared. is the metal they hang around the neck of us contrarians. So don't don't think it's bad. Uh, I think it's a it's a wonderful thing to to accomplish. Have we hit all our news yet? You guys want to talk about contra uh, contra you want to talk about the virus the virus
1: well yes that uh, Satan is a sickness that is spread among the hierarchy of the <laughs> Catholic <the American laughs> churches. this virus well, is deep and uh, profound we, we talked about well, the, de- de- the death rate is,
2: cor- is 1.6 as opposed yes the, the yeah. death rate is 1.6 as opposed to 0.1 percent for flu isn't it so
0: yeah I, I, well I think what we've discovered quickly is that uh, a large portion of people are getting it uh, a small portion of the large portion of people who get it show up at the hospital and get tested because they feel ill a smaller portion of them uh, have fatal uh, consequences of this disease. So of those reported it's like 1.6%. I would say of the total cases out there you know we just found a nursing home here in Washington where it's been going around for six weeks. I don't think we'll ever realize the amount of people who actually have it who just don't get sick. It's just one of those uh, types of viruses that uh, um, it's hard to get a hold of because it's not like the pandemics; we expect the zombie type of apocalypse. It's just, you know, in five or six years, some people are going to put together a paper on the uh, on this uh, uh, beer named virus, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it really took effect. Because and, over and in China, th- yeah.
2: As, as Christians we practice we practice dying every night we lie down in bed and we hmm. surrender our lives and we slip into unconsciousness as into death giving thanks to the Lord and asking for forgiveness and then the next morning when we wake up we say oh my goodness a, a touch of pre-resurrection <laughs> fancy that what, <laughs> what am I going to do indeed. with this <laughs> yes. what, Jesus what are you and I going to do with this new day that comes as a surprising gift so I think again one of the things that, that Christians ought to be able to do in the face of, of Viruses or traffic, which is so much more dangerous, <laughs> is to say, you know, we experience our lives as a gift; they're on loan to us, and we must live them as intensely as we can in the moment, because, uh, as, as a sign of gratitude. But, but of course, we can. I loved, I loved your 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 subtitle, Kevin. We're all going to die. <laughs> the <laughs> end is nigh. Amen. And so, and so is the beginning. The beginning is nigh too. The new beginning.
0: Nobody gets out of this alive. That was my other (laughs) subjective (laughs) title. Now naming these episodes is is half the fun. Uh, I go through and I edit the whole show sit down well what are we going to call this one and uh, that's certainly the fun of the show. Uh, Guys how commenting works if you have uh, opinions you want to add to the comments go to the section. I have an automatic filter supplied by YouTube that if you put a hyperlink in or if you use banned words, it will set that comment aside for uh, aside for me to review later. They're called to review comments. So don't get mad if you post something that doesn't automatically show up as a comment. That's YouTube taking uh, a, a bit of warning and saying, I'm not sure about this comment, Kevin. Please look at it, to review it, and if you like it, you click the little check mark and it goes on into live comments. I am a busy guy. I can't check comments every five minutes. I usually check them once an hour or once every two hours and I try as hard as I can to keep up with it uh, but we're getting two or three hundred comments an episode now. Uh, don't use those bad words and don't put hyperlinks in and your comment just goes right in. You don't have to worry about it being reviewed. Any other things you want to cover George? Gavin, we all set? Fine. All right let's go on. I'm Kevin the Contarian
1: George Conger Uh, I'm Gavin Ashenden
2: you've been listening to episode 580 of Anglican Unscripted on, on the 3rd of March 2020